Good morning. It's Friday, the 7th of December, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the only weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. And the number one result on Google for autonomous cars podcasts. Oh, yeah. Today, episode 72, we talk business strategies for autonomous car companies and decide the best approach may not be what you think. Waymo launches the world's first revenue service in a fully autonomous car, and Uber's self-driving cars strike back. All this, right now. But first, it is Friday, which means it's time for Friday Poll Day. So today's question, uh, as I've just tweeted over at Autonomous Hogue on Twitter, reads, Why are you interested in my podcast? What's your role in the autonomous vehicle space, if any? Totally just curious and, okay, if I'm honest, a potential guest whom I'd like to interview has asked for some audience details. So if you'd be so kind and head on over to twitter.com slash autonomous hogue, that's A-U-T-O-N-O-M-O-U-S-H-O-A-G, please cast your vote. The answer choices are A an AV company exec or employee, B, an AV investor or lawyer, C, an AV academic or other, and D, an AV blogger, journalist, etc. So please head on over, Autonomous Hogue on Twitter, cast your vote, we'll report back on Tuesday with the results. And seriously, joking aside, this is actually really instructive for me because when this potential guest, whom I would very much like to have on the show, and all I can say is, I promise you, you're going to want to have this person on the show as well. Uh, when he asked me this question, I realized that is one of the drawbacks to podcasting is you're rather slim on useful metrics. So for me to get this sort of information, this kind of data, especially for me being such a data person, uh, this will be very, very interesting, informative, and indeed quite helpful. So thank you very much for that. Let's continue. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Right, so to kick things off today, I want to talk a bit about something we've touched on a few times in recent episodes, namely what I perceive to be potentially a better way to roll out autonomous car technology to the world. And when I say roll out, I mean sort of introduce it, ease it into the sort of uh, general consumer uh, awareness and acceptance, really, because what we're seeing is that outside of sort of early adopter circles, for example, the early test group uh, say in places like Arizona and California, where companies like Waymo and Drive.ai, etc., uh, are slowly introducing their driverless cars to eager, tech-savvy, early adopter folks who are willing to jump in and risk their lives in the name of science and technology, and of course, furthering the human race. Um, you know, apart from that small subset of society, well, it turns out that most people are still pretty uncomfortable, pretty uneasy with this idea. And so one of the things I had touched on a few times and suggested was that it might be, it might help to fast track the rollout of such technology of self-driving cars 
Only once we're at the point where these vehicles can actually do away entirely with any human inputs whatsoever. So, for example, no steering wheel, no gas and brake pedal, and so on. Um, so, yeah, so I've mentioned this quite a few times in recent episodes, and I just want to build on this now because um, in, in the previous episode, we talked a bit about May Mobility. And, of course, they're the company up in, uh, what is it, Detroit. Uh, they've set up these autonomous shuttle pods, and they're doing a really great job shuttling folks back and forth on a small geofenced area. The important thing about what they're doing, though, is precisely what there isn't to report on, namely uh, incidents, negative experiences, thrilling, exciting things. Um, as you recall from the last episode, perhaps, um, the point is nothing really happened. Folks just got into the pods. They got delivered to their destinations without any drama. And that was the end of it. No car sickness, no sudden accelerations or braking or any such thing to sort of uh, upset or otherwise concern uh, any of the human travelers in these fully autonomous shuttle pods. Uh, the analogy I made, of course, was that this was really just like aviation. And therefore, this was, of course, the optimal solution. This is the way you want things to be. Nothing thrilling and exciting. If you want that, go to an amusement park or just, I don't know, go jump off a bridge. Um, the point is, uh, this is the way things are supposed to be. And to that end, well, it turns out, main mobility, their approach to all this is precisely that. What I mean is, they're not even really focusing on marketing their product, these autonomous shuttle pods. They're not focusing on the autonomous aspect at all. They're really just focusing on sort of, hey, here's a cool little shuttle pod. It'll get you from A to B easily, safely, comfortably, conveniently, and affordably, and that's the end of it. And it kind of got me thinking, right, that... If, if, if you think about it, that's kind of the same way that, well, aircraft, uh, commercial aviation is rolled out too, right? I mean, I would be willing to bet that most passengers flying in the skies right now probably aren't aware the extent to which the planes are flying fully autonomously. And even once you kind of narrow down to the subset of passengers who are aware of autopilot systems and the extent to which they offer effectively fully autonomous flight, I'm pretty sure that a very large subset of those passengers don't realize that certain aircraft in certain conditions at certain airports around the world are actually capable of, and in fact do perform on a fairly regular basis, fully automated landings. Like the autopilot will actually land the aircraft entirely on its own without pilot input. Further still, I bet that a you know, an even larger subset of those passengers won't even realize the extent to which automation carries out once all the wheels are on the ground on the runway. For instance, did you know that airplanes have uh, automatic braking systems which apply just the right amount of braking force to target just the correct exit ramp from the runway onto the taxiways? Yeah, so, so my point is, I think that the vast majority of people aren't aware that, actually, I know that the vast majority of people aren't aware of this, and I would suggest that this is um, probably by design. I mean, can you just imagine Boeing or actually, I guess it wouldn't be Boeing or aircraft uh, Airbus, would it? It would actually be, say, the airlines, right? United Airlines, Delta, Lufthansa, Norwegian Airlines, uh, you know, Emirates. Can you imagine these airlines sending out some mass email or some, you know, broadcast over Twitter back in the, well, okay, obviously they didn't exist back in the day when automation rolled out, but whatever. Can you imagine them marketing uh, this technology, these, these automated uh, flight system technologies to passengers saying, hey, come fly the friendly skies, our planes fly themselves. Yeah, that that probably wouldn't resonate very well. And in fact, we know this is so because 
uh, it turns out the technology is basically there to reduce the cockpit flight crew from two pilots down to just one. Now, just as a friendly reminder, up until about the 80s, with the rollout of, if I'm not mistaken, the 757, or perhaps the 767. This is embarrassing. I'm forgetting. Uh, In any event, until about the 1980s, the cockpits of aircraft were were, uh, manned by three pilots. and now it's only it's only been two. And the whole point is that going forward now, we should be able to reduce this even further down to just one pilot. Uh, this is obviously a cost-cutting measure. Yeah, obviously it is. But strictly speaking, the whole point is that two pilots are simply unnecessary in a world of fully automated flight. And obviously the end game is, yeah, you guessed it, zero pilots in the cockpit. Um, the, the, the point is, is that the thing that's really keeping this technology from advancing at a faster pace keeping you know you know what's keeping um the reduction of flight crew sizes down to one pilot and then to zero pilots it's it's more of a um it's more of a marketing issue and a a consumer acceptance thing rather than it is a technology issue so so you can see where i'm kind of going with all this right my point is is that i actually really agree with with what may mobility are doing i mean if we subscribe to the notion that in order for a fully autonomous future to exist then it must be the case that we move to a car sharing ride hailing type um alternative to private car ownership then it must be the case that we also agree um that the human passengers are really just passengers. This is, of course, assuming a level five fully automated uh, vehicle system, right? Then it must be the case that passengers are really just passengers. They are not in control in any sort of way whatsoever. Um, in which case, the fully automated driverless systems will not be a novelty. And if they're not a novelty, then that means that that need not that that need not be the selling point to get consumers on board in the first place. I guess I'm kind of going in circles here, but what I'm trying to get at is you can't market something so revolutionary and yet so ordinary, and I say ordinary in a future tense sense of the word, in the sense that, of course, all cars will eventually be automated in the same way that all aircraft are already essentially fully automated and have been for the last 30 or 40 years, believe it or not. Um, You don't market this sort of thing by saying, hey, look, this thing is automated. That's like sort of saying, hey, look, this car has an engine. Hey, look, this car has a steering wheel. Oh, hey, look, this elevator uh, has a counterweight so it doesn't fall. That's not how you market such things. People don't need to be, um, you know, consciously aware of these. Uh, I was going to use the word features. These aren't features. These are just sort of, that's the fundamental fundamental functionality of these things. It's not a feature, um, uh, let's see, of a computer to have a monitor, you know, but for the monitor, the computer would be useless, right? So similarly, but for an autonomous car to function, uh, it needs to be, uh, yeah, sorry, but but for the autonomous car's autonomous functionality, it wouldn't be an autonomous car. I think a more uh, direct uh, analogy is probably something like, um, ah, okay, here we go, keeping within the realm of cars, turbos, right? So, so it used to be really kind of common, like a common marketing gimmick to slap a turbo badge on the on the lid of a car, uh, this was a way of kind of conveying a sense of more this and more that because more is always better, right? In the case of a turbo car, obviously this meant more power, and everybody was happy, including and especially Jeremy Clarkson. Um, but in recent years, uh, we've sort of seen uh, a, that 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 sort of usage of the turbo badging, apart from like the the turbo Porsche models. Never mind that all the Porsches now are turboed. Um, 
you know, we, we've kind of seen that badge fall out of fashion. You, you just don't see this on cars that have turbos. And, and a really good analogy to that analogy, to the point that I'm trying to make, is electronic fuel injection. When this rolled out in cars, you used to often see on the, you know, an actual badge that said something like EFI. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the I in BMW model designation stood for injection or or it may have been inline. I, I don't recall now. But um, the, the point that I'm trying to make is that once a technology becomes standard, it, it doesn't make sense to market it as a special thing. And if the thing in question requires that special bit of technology such that in the absence of that technology, you wouldn't have that thing in the first place, then why are you going to market it in the first place? Does, does this make any sense what I'm saying? <laughs> um, maybe I'm talking in circles here. I, I guess what I'm just trying to get at is that in order for autonomous cars to be commonplace, they can't be marketed as a special thing. They need to just be the thing which gets you from A to B. Never mind that it does it autonomously. Never mind that it does it with a turboed engine. Never mind that it does whatever with whatever components make it capable of doing that thing. What consumers need to know and, and care about is simply, will it get you from A to B safely, efficiently, and cost-effectively and that's the end of it. Let me know what you think about this, because uh, I, I have a feeling this could kind of blow up into a pretty awesome discussion back and forth. So please, as always, uh, you know, shoot me a note through the website at markhogue.com. Leave a comment over on our new Facebook page, facebook.com slash Autonomous Of course, tweet me over on Twitter, at uh, Autonomous Send me an email. Shoot me a note on LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about this. I think it's pretty fascinating. Hey there, do you share a lot of content from blogs to Twitter accounts and Facebook pages? If so, keep listening. And if not, please just skip ahead. Uh, For those of you who are still here, you know how deeply frustrating and time-consuming this can be. Well, this is why four years ago I helped to launch a startup called Twibble.io. So Twibble is a platform that makes it super easy to share content from any RSS feed. So that means your blogs, uh, YouTube channels, even eBay stores or elsewhere besides, to all of your Twitter accounts and Facebook pages. It allows you to do things like scheduling, automation, robust analytics, hashtag A-B testing, so you know which hashtags result in the most clicks on your content. You can even do a thing called audience targeting, which automatically mentions the top three influencers for any hashtag to make sure that your content gets in front of the best set of eyes. And hey, how do you think I've been growing this podcast? Yeah, I've been using Twibble. So head on over to twibble.io, that's T-W-I-B-B-L-E.io. And learn why so many of the world's largest, most reputable news, media, and entertainment companies, and even in academia and law enforcement, have relied on Twibble for the last four years. Again, that's Twibble.io. You can get started with a free seven-day trial, no credit card required. That's Twibble.io, T-W-I-B-B-L-E dot I-O. And I'll be there to help you walk through every step of the way. Thanks so much. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, well, let's make sure that history never forgets the date, Wednesday, the 5th of December, 2018, because this was the day that we finally officially entered the future. Because, you see, 
This was the day that Waymo officially launched the world's first revenue autonomous taxi service. In this case, in a 100-mile zone down in Arizona, four suburbs of Phoenix, uh, specifically Chandler, Tempe, Mesa, and Gilbert. They've been testing there since 2016. So obviously, we've all seen this coming for quite some time. And indeed, Waymo announced as much that they were on the verge of launching their paid service as opposed to free beta testing, as it were. And well, now it's live. I just want to pause for a moment to kind of make sure we really soak this moment up. This is a really big deal. Um, you know, we're living in a time now, what, 10 years after the first iPhone launched. And I feel like, sadly, we really take all this stuff for granted. Um, and I think I've probably mentioned the same thing in the past, that we take the same, you know, we take aviation for granted as well. In fact, Harrison Ford recently did a really great documentary. I think it's called In the Age of Airplanes or, or something like this. It's a really fantastic, very short documentary. I'd encourage you to watch it. And it's really nothing more than a tribute to the magic the incredible magic of air travel, which we've all sadly taken for granted. And we really do the same thing now with our iPhones or Android phones. We just don't really ever stop to consciously realize how incredible this truly is. And, well, here we are now with autonomous cars. We're just at the start of this incredible, incredible new era in human society evolution, what I've always pitched as the greatest step change since the industrial revolution for humanity as a whole. And here we are, it's officially upon us. And although, as they say, you know, it's the first 95 to 97%, even 99% that are relatively easy to overcome in a challenge in a new endeavor. And it's that last several percent that's so crucially difficult and takes so much time to get right. That's true. Of course, perfecting this stuff is going to take a long time, but as we've seen with all new technology, once the breakthrough tech is out there, things do pick pace, pick up pace at an absolutely exponential rate. So anyway, this is all a roundabout way of saying uh, hats off to Waymo. Congratulations. This is pretty amazing stuff indeed. But what does it really mean? What's really happened? Well, um, we don't really have that much to go on. Funny enough, the Twitterverse seems relatively sparse on first impressions. There isn't that much there. In fact, as somebody quipped, and I par uh, paraphrase here, where are all the Waymo Oneers? I think is what this person said. Um, yeah, there doesn't seem to be much out there about it. Um, I don't know, maybe there was an NDA, maybe there's just that many, not that many people there. Uh, for what it's worth, the rides are roughly comparable to Ubers, Lyfts, and so on. They're, you know, they tend to be in the kind of $7 range-ish. Um, and you know, to be fair, there's still a human backup driver in that driver's seat just to make sure things don't get all bendy and twisty along the way. Um, but otherwise the cars are indeed fully autonomous. Now the, the, the most sort of feedback I've managed to uh, gather so far was courtesy of the verge. Um, and the general consensus seems to be that the cars are doing really quite well. The worst complaint seems to be that they do tend to sort of dawdle a bit. Uh, they do take a bit longer to make up their mind whether to make an unprotected left, that kind of thing. And as I think we've mentioned elsewhere in the past on this podcast, um, frankly, other drivers do tend to get a bit annoyed. Living here in North Marin, or excuse me, South Marin, just north of San Francisco, for those of you who know the area, you can probably have a pretty good idea of what I'm on about, getting frustrated by fellow drivers. Uh, dawdling is not something you experience down in, say, LA, where people are rather more efficient, so I'm certainly familiar with that frustration. Um, but suffice to say, look, this, again, is a really huge deal going forward, and... Um, 
Frankly, the only frustrating thing is I don't have much else to say on this. Obviously, I'll come back with you uh, to you uh, with more as soon as I have it. But um, frankly, there's now another company we need to talk about, and that's Uber. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, real quick here to dive into the third and final segment. I first of all want to direct you to a really great article over on autoblog.com. The title is How Waymo Rivals compare in the race for robo-taxis. So it's a really great bird's eye view kind of covering the various um, development stages, kind of outlines where all the various companies are in this whole process. So to kind of give you a, at least kind of a summary of what's what here. So the categories are deployment, testing, fleet, and, um, and then kind of some other companies that are testing in geofenced areas. So for example, Waymo, which launched officially, uh, it's revenue service, as we said on, on Wednesday, um, you know, they've now got something like uh, 600 vehicles, almost all of which are in Arizona. Hundreds more are going to be used in this new Waymo One commercial service in the Phoenix area. And of course, as we reported quite a few episodes back, Waymo announced its partnership with Jaguar uh, involving the new Jaguar I-Pace electric vehicle mini SUV crossover thing. They've got 20,000 Jag I-Paces in the pipelines. That's pretty awesome. Also, a further 62,000 Chrysler Pacificas. But anyway, this has nothing at all to do with Uber. I just wanted to kind of remind you to check out this this uh, this article. Um, so let's get to Uber then. Where are they? What's going on? Well, as you know, Shortly after this podcast launched, so I guess in, what, March, I suppose, or April, uh, Uber, of course, had that tragic testing accident in uh, Tempe, Arizona, where it struck and killed a pedestrian. Well then, unsurprisingly, Uber, of course, has no timeline to share insofar as its deployment. Testing has been, well, zero until now. Because there is news that, well, Uber's cars are ready to kind of make a comeback, sort of. And very slowly. And when I say slowly, I don't just mean slowly over a span of time. I mean slowly insofar as they're no longer going to be doing freeway speed testing. They're going to be limited to just 25 miles per hour uh, in very limited geofenced areas. Uh, they won't operate at nighttime or in wet weather. And oh yeah, by the way, this is going to be taking place near their Pittsburgh offices. So just thinking about this for a moment, it's currently winter. This is the Northeast. Daylight hours are short. There's a lot of rain and snow, and they can't exceed 25 miles an hour. So effectively then, I guess they're not going to really be doing any testing at all, at least until the spring. Well, hey, something is better than nothing. Am I right? Um, But look, I mean, joking aside, obviously what happened with Uber, obviously I get why they had to delay testing for some time and why they're rolling it back out so slowly now. Of course that was tragic. It was awful. Nobody should die at the hands, or, or lack thereof, as it were, um, of any sort of a test experiment. I get that. There's no debate there. The, the, the footnote to this, though, of course, is that, again, the longer we delay uh, the fast track of rolling out autonomous cars, the, <clears throat> the, 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 the slower, the longer the testing process takes, the more we're going to continue to risk losing 
again, you know, the 40,000 lives here in the U.S., the 1 million lives worldwide that we continue to lose due to human-driven cars. Look, I get it. People aren't okay with machines killing humans. It's too Skynet-ish from Terminator 2, right? I get it. It's suboptimal. It's actually more than suboptimal. It's awful. Um, And this is obviously a big deal, I think, why it makes such news when airplanes crash, however infrequently, however exceedingly vanishingly rarely they occur. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, in 2017, there was not a single passenger service jet aircraft anywhere on the planet, or at least there was no loss of life due to a passenger jet aircraft uh, anywhere on the planet. So, so, so I guess all I'm trying to say is, look, this is really good that Uber is starting to get back into it, but unfortunately it looks like it's going to be a while until they really ramp it up. Um, you know, as I've asked many times in the past, I really encourage you to just keep the opinions flowing in here. I really want to kind of echo back to all of you, to the audience generally, what your thoughts are on this. I mean, I, I get that the sample size is perhaps a bit biased. I'm sure that most of you are probably just as eager and excited and probably agree with me insofar as fast-tracking testing of this stuff. But, you know, to the extent that some of you do not, let me know why. Now, some of you have written in the past, and we've certainly discussed it a lot. I get it, you know. You think it's not okay to test things if there's any risk of human death and so on and so forth. Um, frankly, I disagree. And that's why we need to continue to have a debate on this. So um, anyway, there you have it. Um, so again, real glad that Uber is continuing to push forward, however slowly it may be. But, you know, it's firmly my belief that the sooner we get these on the road, the better it's going to be for all of humanity. Hey, just a friendly reminder that if you are enjoying this podcast and if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave me a five-star rating or whatever rating you think is appropriate, and especially leave me a written review. This means a lot to me. It helps me improve the podcast, and obviously it helps me to grow this podcast. So thanks so much for that, and of course to all of you who have already done so, I really appreciate it. All right, well, that's a wrap, not only for the day, but indeed for this week. So until next time, that'll be Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.